podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Welcome to Podcast of Lincoln Geek. I'm your host, the Podcaster General, the Dan Face. And you are here listening to our little show about board games, which you probably know because you must have clicked on it at least several times and searched for it, whatever, to define our show. And I'm joined by my uh, friends and co hosts. We have the George E.O. Say hello, George E.O. <laughs> Who's sometimes a robot, now he seems to have regressed to some kind of feral alien. Is that correct? Or perhaps some kind of ancient being, evil. No, being. I'm just a vampire that's hissing at you in, in honour of today's show. In honour of today's show. Thank you for clarifying that. And we have Pete. I don't know what kind of monster he's going to be. What is a Pete? A miserable pile of anxiety. But enough talk. Have at you. Thank you for the quote, and you adapted it for the current audience. So well oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you got that reference, you are awesome. Yes. Apologies to George, you probably didn't get it. <laughs> no, I did not. Fair enough. Castlevania, <laughs> check it out, oh, dude. Symphony of the Night, classic game. Classic. Fantastic soundtrack as well. Well, as you could probably guess by the hints we've done, uh, and the title of the podcast show, if you read it, uh, today we're doing a, a game spotlight, which is where instead of talking about 20 games for about 30 seconds each in one episode, we talk about just one game at length for about 20-odd minutes or so. Just a game that we either really like or one we find particularly interesting to talk about. And today's topic has been suggested by George of EO. That's like your regional name or something. Sir George of EO. Yes, that worked. Uh, And what game are you talking about today, George? Well, today is Fury of Dracula. So we've talked a lot about... So we've been doing a a bit of a streak at the moment, like horror-related games. So it's one which we've not looked at in a while, but I, I really do like. And I think fits a lot of our usual themes so it's uh so uh fury of dracula uh specifically this is the third edition uh although they are now on fourth edition uh which basically the four the differences between the third and fourth edition is just the different publisher uh and pre-painted minis fury of dracula is that the game where there's four pesky adventurers chase a poor old man around europe and try and stab him with a wooden stake is that correct (laughs) Uh, that, that's as close a description as you need. Yep. So uh, it's broadly speaking, speaking, going off the Bram Stoker's Dracula mythology. Uh-huh. So you have the uh, classic hit heroes. So you've got Mina Harker, Harker. You've got Van Helsing, Van Van Helsing, Lord Godalming, and uh, John Seward. Uh, so you've got the the lovely heroes chasing after Dracula, trying to find him and murderate him. It, so it is a classic sort of many versus one game. It's the board is huge. It sits like it's a, a big board of the whole of Europe. Surprisingly enough, with mm-hmm. uh, interesting uh, regional type names that are appropriate for the area. So it starts off with a bit of a hidden movement game, where the hunters desperately search Europe trying to find clues as to where Dracula has been. And what he is doing until they finally catch up with the Dark Lord himself. Uh, at which point they have to try and beat this old man to bloody pulp. How rude of them. I, I imagine he's quite furious about this, hence the title. <laughs> uh, yeah. These, these people just won't leave him alone. Poor yeah. old guy. He just wants to sleep. 
Surely. Sleep and yellow clouds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the good. That's the good quote unquote good guys uh, so, story <laughs> arc in it. This one. Uh, well, where so, is so, your people? So in a nutshell, uh, basically you've got one team playing as the humans. Trying, they've got their own game of trying to find the other player playing as Dracula, who's playing his own hidden movement game. Essentially, is that correct? Like yeah, letters so from White Chapel. So yeah, game, game for two to five players. So you have one player playing as Dracula, and the rest of them. Uh, split out the four remaining human characters however they wish. Um, so we, we've we often played it as a one-on-one game where one person ju- just plays all the human players, which is quite interesting. So I think a bit like let, let the uh, Whitehall Mysteries and things, where it is it adds a new dynamic where it's more cerebral of the thinking about what they would do versus the minority in the room listening to all your discussions and plans. <laughs> and and the bluff, double bluff with that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so when you get into combat with Dracula, uh, it is a lovely little bit of uh, bluffing game, almost, where you te- have some standard combat cards, just sort of your basic moves, uh, and you combine that with items, uh, and Dracula has his deck of Dracula attacks, and you draw draw up, and it's basically, you have a... It, there is a system of matching symbols to sort of say actually these attacks succeed or not, don't succeed or w- which ones get cancelled. So it's a bit of it, it's a bit of a bluffing game in that regards as to which ones are you going to play when. It's been a long time since I played it, but the combat was it kind of like a rock paper scissor style thing with the um with the icons. Sort of, is that yeah. right? So you you have three basic combat cards. You have a punch which deals damage to Dracula. Uh, you have a dodge which does what it says on the tin. Uh, and you have an escape card, which basically ends... Co- if it doesn't get cancelled, ends combat. And then you have item cards, which can do damage, things like garlic or just straight-up guns uh, to do damage to Dracula. And depending on the symbols on the card, they can stop Dracula doing certain things. Uh, but then if Dracula gets his card, a lot of his cards will then damage your weapons or stop you doing something or cancel your cards as well. So it's... Yeah, it's it's got that level of fine of the rock paper scissors, but and bluffing accordingly of the well. I think you're going to do this, so I'm going to do this. But ah, oh, no, you actually did the other thing, and now I'm useless. I, I seem to remember um, Dracula could kind of lay out minions for the hunters to find. I mean, just to clarify, I last played this about two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, so and I when we first started the testing the uh, testing for our review, the uh, yeah. digital version by Nomad. Games on Steam, which yeah, we played the Steam app, which was pretty good. I mean, it was a bit buggy at the time, but we were on like the we were beta beta testing it essentially. I not think not quite, but not far off as well. Yeah, not far off. So I think they may have improved. It was an it early since release. Then. Yeah, but... it was an, an early release, wasn't it? I, I'm just gonna say it was a very, very promising on the app. Uh, though I didn't play it a lot because there were a few issues that kind of put me off it, and I guess, and then the end of the world happened <laughs> with the yeah, epidemic, pretty much. <laughs> and then we never really got back to. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I know you've probably played it, George. Uh, we've um, played it a few few times since, but it's it is one which I find is better in person, right? Because okay. I like having the stuff on the table, and I think it just feels better. But, uh, but it's personal cho- choice in that regard. But my, but yes, my original point is that he they got like minions, wasn't they, around the the, the yeah. So that's part of the bit well. where he's he, he's trapped when Dracula travels around the board. He leaves uh, issues, I'll call them. <laughs> I forget what the actual word is mm-hmm. uh, in the cities as he goes. So when you get to 
to these cities, either he can ambush you with them if he if they have a relevant ambush effect, which m- means he immediately reveals them, or he can force the hunters to try and do them. Uh, so some of these will ra- range from having um, loyal devotees ambushing the people, or having creatures of the night attack him, attack you, the heroes causing things to happen, or they could just be new vampires that he's leaving around the board, which uh, comes to Dracula's win condition, that he has to try and get his influence up to, I forget the number off the top of my head, it's something like 15, uh, and he gains influence. Uh, that's one of the ways that Dracula can gain influence, is by having these vampires mature when they fall off the bottom of the trail. Um, so there is a hidden trail of the board where every time he moves, it progresses the trail, and if these uh, events get matured off the bottom of the board, he can earn lots of influence that way. Uh, Dracula can also earn influence by beating up the heroes, uh, that every time he uh, defeats one of the heroes, he gains um, influence that way, and he can also gain influence just with a straight-up clock on the game, that it's played in phases of weeks, uh, that you have a day phase and a night phase, and you go through up to three weeks, and after that third week... Every day that he gains influence, that, he, that you've not beaten him. So, so the uh, time is on Dracula's side, basically, isn't it? So it's the hunter, the pressure's on the hunters to find. Uh, yeah, you, if, if you you can't leave him alone just to do his things and deal with everything, you because yeah. otherwise he will eventually just win. You can't he he you can't just keep on top of the trail. So you, it's an interesting d- dynamic where as the human players, do you focus on dealing with? the events he's left out or do you go for Dracula and do you work as a team to sweep through the whole of Europe or do you just send a few people out in lots of different places mm-hmm. there's some really interesting tactics and ways of using it um, there are a few notable exploits that can be done that from a game balance perspective which aren't necessarily brilliant mm-hmm. do you mean but... from Dracula's point of view or um Slightly for both of the, both okay. sides, but I, I don't want to spoil anyone's experience of playing the game, so I'll let you find them out yourself. <laughs> um, from what I from what I remember playing it, uh, teamwork was important, like you said, for the hunters. Because I remember one on one, generally Dracula always had the advantage. I believe if it, if he encountered a lone hunter, speaking, a well equipped hunter one on one can face Dracula one on one relatively evenly. Yeah, if, so if, and it, so it's if, a it becomes just a pure bluffing game. But if the hunters get a two-on-one on Dracula, where you've got two people in the same city as Dracula, then yeah. you you will co- usually cause Dracula some serious problems, and he likes to run mm. away. Yeah, so you needed to coordinate with your teammates and try and get him at the same point, kind of ambush him with several hunters, I remember that. Yeah, I so think... one of the, the tactics that I've seen used p- p- by people, or more aggressive Draculas, is uh, deliberately starting near the hunters, yeah, and just and trying to get get a few quick quick and early hits in on them and mess them around at, at the start before they're well equipped and that you can try and take take out some people early on. Each hunter had their own unique power as well, didn't they, I believe? Like um, Mina Harker, I think she could sense if she was in the same is it the same region as Dracula? Or same... Yeah, so Mina, if she's combined with other p- players, can uh, clear a whole region by going into a meditative strength as a special action. Van Helsing can share action cards around with uh, the uh, rest of the table. Mm-hmm. 
there's the healer because we all love healing, and there's the well, I'm going to call him the gun bunny, the the rich guy, Lord the rich guy. He he can just equip <laughs> himself really quickly. Yay! Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. I mean, it's it was a fun game when I played it. Um, I definitely would like to revisit it. I'm sure you would as well, Pete, because you love the theme. Oh, I absolutely love um, <laughs> vampires in general. I actually read Dracula about a decade and a half back. Okay. Very strange book, because uh, it's all kind of written in past tense, because everything is journal entries or newspaper clippings, uh, and also it's very much of its time. But I was I was looking at the cards online, because I, I, as you said, I've not played this game yet. I was going to get the Steam version, but when you guys said it, oh, it's a bit buggy, I thought, okay, I'll hold fire. So I think... I'm just looking at the Steam page right now, and it says mostly positive reviews. So I'll probably, um, I'll probably look, look up buying it soon because it is very much a game I keep to play. Because um, from what you've told me, it sounds very much like Whitechapel or whatever the version two. I can never remember the name of. But I think one point I wanted to make earlier was I've heard people say that in Whitechapel, Jack tends to lose power as the game goes on. The longer the game goes on, the weaker Jack becomes. Whereas here, it's the opposite. The longer the game goes on, the stronger Dracula becomes, uh, which I find to be a very, very interesting idea. Um, and going back to my prior point, I like the fact the knife is an item that you can use because in the actual book, that's how Dracula is killed. It's not a stake; it's a knife. Oh, um, it's a, I think it's a knife through the heart, and I think someone cuts his head off, I believe, as well. Just to so, be sure. <laughs> just to be sure, yeah. And like I said, I need to reread the book. It's been a very, very long time, but yeah, like I said, looking at the cards and seeing the knife is in there, I was like, ah, they're they're accurate to the source material. I believe as well, I think Nina being able to sense things would make sense because in the original book, she does get bitten and starts to turn into a vampire. Yeah, she is bitten in the in the board yes. game. She she starts already bitten, I yes. believe. Yeah, George, I think is that, right? that that is correct. I say there is um that it is one of the things that Dracula can do as well to gain influence is bite the heroes, uh, which makes them weakened, okay. uh, which it's pretty cool. It's, it's interesting you talk about the Dracula getting stronger in this one. Dracula is more or less uh, depending on what event cards get drawn, more or less the same power throughout. But he starts really strong, but he becomes more of a threat later. His actual strength doesn't really change, but he becomes awesome. more dangerous later in so much as the you can't leave him alone and you've got to get hold of him. But the heroes okay. get stronger as they get, get more equipped. Perhaps yeah, I misquoted so, uh, something then. So it's, more, it's, more it's a item, bit more yeah. about a... It's balancing how much the heroes spend time to get equipped and find Dracula versus how long they let him just build his influence. So okay. it's, it's an interesting balance. Mm. Yes, I think building influence is probably, probably, probably a better... Uh, mm. I think building influence is probably a better um, term for what I, what I had heard uh, rather than just flat out becoming stronger. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I see your point though, Pete. I mean, I think the main... Th- differences in Whitechapel time I think is probably on the coppers side because yes. uh, Jack only has a limited time to get to the hideout and mm. obviously they've got a finite number of special moves well maybe in this game it's the other way around time is on Dracula's side <laughs> and the pressure is on the hunters to find uh, Dracula so I suppose you've got yeah. that kind of parallel I mean from my point of view of the game I mean I only played it once and it was a long time ago and we didn't quite finish the game and to be honest, it might have been the George factor of chucking me right in the deep end. <laughs> Would I <laughs> like, do that? <laughs> yes. Like, like, I remember my first game of uh, Terra Farming Mars against you, George. Oh, let's play with all the optional extras. Okay, let's play with the drafting mechanic. And it was about three hours long. I had no idea what any of the symbols meant. Uh, you kicked my ass by about a 100-point lead. And you're like, oh, did you enjoy that first game? I was like, 
uh, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Dan, that was a very weird game. I've never got that score again. <laughs> I just, I just know, I know you like eating newbies for breakfast, George. You don't, you don't show mercy, do you? I, I don't like eating newbies for breakfast. I like showing them the full potential of the game rather than taking them, taking them, going like, oh, here's how you do the basic things, and then trying to play a proper game with them when they have no idea about all the other levels and things. You prefer to show them the sheer depths of despair, to, and then it's the only up from there, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's most. I only really do that with people I know are, are decent gamers already, and that I know that they'll cope with it. Nah, it's fine. I'm only joking. I just I remember in um, Fear of Dracula, I, I found it quite confusing because we were playing with a few optional rules. I think you had like vampire layers and hideouts. Yes, and that is stuff like that. One, one thing that they uh, Dracula could cap. Or one of the options that you can have is Dracula can have these uh, power cards. There's five of them, uh, which can allow him to do some special moves, which uh, can make things a bit harder for the, the heroes. Uh, and one of the things that you can do is instead of having uh, the trail mature, he can convert them into or those locations into hype into permanent layers, uh, and keep adding events to them, uh, and they can revisit them later and make them really strong. I, I did that. I mean, I, I think in the only game I played, I played as Dracula. Um, and I, I laid a hideout there, and I feel maybe it's more of a fault of the app at the time, because I went to the lair and it outed me. I, I suddenly became visible on the map. <laughs> I seem to remember something like that. And I was like, oh, I had no warning this would happen. And then obviously all the hunters managed to jump on me. Um, we didn't actually finish the game, so I know I had no idea how I that I think that happen. was a glitch, because... Uh, you should. I think it was either a glitch or it was just slight misunderstanding on the day. I can't remember it must exactly. Have been. But... It was a long time ago, so perhaps my memory is slightly uh, warped a bit. But I remember it, and it's worth clarifying. I think it's quite a long game as well. We're talking. Oh yeah, it's a, it, it's a you, you're sitting down for a good evening, afternoon. Yeah, playing it. If it, it's depending on how quickly you get hold of Dracula, it's probably my only real complaint against the game is the mm-hmm. it could do with what I would call the white hall treatment of the just condense down the map just a little bit and reduce the time frame just so it plays a bit more efficiently um because if you have a game where that where dracula just stays hidden and wins by the time limit you are probably looking at a good four hour playtime. it's a shame it's not had something like abominations um ego variant uh like, like, like an official version by the uh, sorry an official v2 by the um, creators to sort of help mitigate that a little bit. Um, but I guess that's really more of a possibility with the Dead Tree version than the Steam version, because unless that's programmed into it, that's not really going to be doable. But Yeah. yeah. That's, no, a good, that's a good yeah. suggestion. I mean, this is the third edition as well, isn't it? I don't know if fourth. they made any... It's fourth. Fourth yeah, edition. Fourth. Um, <laughs> like, third and fourth edition are basically the same. There's just um, minor, minor reprints and FAQs is about the only difference between them. But first and second editions... They're not really the same game. Oh, okay. It, it makes me wonder how much they've changed between them. Was were they such long games, and they've kind of or they've turned into that, or perhaps they have kind of streamlined it's it. Different somewhat. phases in the Dracula story. Yeah, okay. I see. I kind I of see. wish we could have, like, say, like like a deck that can temporarily turn it back into uh, version one or two. If because it's kind of like betrayal in that um, version, of second edition and third edition of betrayal are quite different um, due to some of the mechanics that 3rd edition introduces. And it's kind of a shame, really, that they haven't introduced sort of like, um, I don't want to say, like, 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 I don't want to say refresh packs, but almost like um, 
update removal pack things. Like if there's like say different event cards that are get changed between different versions, they could probably make quite a, basically be be the board game equivalent of DLC effectively. Um, just different ways to sort of like add more to the game, but like a, ret- a retro yeah. pack, like yeah, a... retro pack. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, obviously, you need to make it compatible with the new yes. the new board and stuff like that. So I kind of I don't imagine it'd be that simple as just um, oh, yeah, yeah. releasing the old cards. But yeah. yeah, it's an interesting idea for companies that could yeah. if they I appreciate it. I've never played the game. I've never seen any version of the game. What I've said, as you said, could be like a wonderful idea on paper and an absolutely logistical nightmare to do it in practice. Yeah, probably. Well, um, just to cap it up, I mean, George, I mean, do, would you say this is one of your favourite hidden movement games? Is it the favourite? Whereabouts would you rank it, do you reckon? I first bought, bought this after watching it on when Will Wheaton played, played it from Tabletop back in the day. Um, and... I absolutely loved it, and I spent ages... I mean, in the end, uh, this is one where I actually ordered this from the States and paid a small fortune to get hold of it because I could could not find an English version for love nor money in Europe. So I, I paid over the odds for it because I wanted it that much. We've played it loads, absolutely love it. But at the moment, I wouldn't say it's my favourite hidden movement game. It's one of them. But I think at the moment, I think Whitehall is better because it's got that more. I think the adren- the pacing is right in Whitehall, where it just feels like a constant seat to your pants. Oh, it could go either way at any particular point. Whereas I think, like, a few of Dracula, it's a long game. And depending on wh- how it goes, there are areas, there are times where it feels perhaps a bit bureaucraty like at the start of the game when the hunters are basically just equipping and just doing initial searches just to go oh well you're not here you're not here and it feels a bit eh at the start but once you get into it i think it just the moment you find the trail i think is when the game really feels like it starts okay actually again to go back to abomination it kind of reminds me of that where you've got those stats that you need to take like a couple of rounds to build up before you can really start creating the monster um, it's just 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 an interesting little little, notice, little comparison I'm noticing. Not just because they're both based around iconic classical monsters. Mm. And I think you raised an interesting point there, George. I mean, the, mm. the, these kind of games do pick up once the chase kind of kicks in. I think, yeah. and I think that was the main improvement from Letters from Whitechapel to uh, Whitehall Mystery. Yeah, they kind of they cut out a lot of the beginning. The cops have no idea where or anyone, and there's no clues. The the board is massive. Uh, it's really hard to get started, and it, it can get really demoralising for you know the, the the good team, the coppers, the police, or the hunters if they never find anything. Uh, well, Whitehall, you you get on Jack's trail pretty quickly, don't you? Mm. Um, yeah, and then you never really leave it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess with Fury of Dracula, it's similar. Once you've got wind of where actually Dracula is, then I imagine it picks up. Yeah, there were ways that Dracula, uh, with some of the powers and combat cards he can cause you a few problems but yeah what usually once you've got the scent it's very difficult for him to fully get get himself lost again so it's it's an interesting one well it it looks like a really cool game Uh, i definitely like the theme uh i i think it sounds like it's the kind of game if you've got the the time to dedicate to it it does sound like it it could be a fun night (laughs) Mm. oh yes absolutely Uh, it's like a hidden movement game but then you got the extra layer of all the combat and everything, all the kind of the um, the bluffing aspects of the 
uh, the, the the cards and when you're fighting against the vampires or hunters, whatever. Which and, and Whitechapel is or Whitehall is literally just move, hidden movement, and that's it, more or less, isn't it? While well, this is kind of that with lots of bells and whistles, I would say. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other bits and bobs. It's a it's a very involved game, but it, it's a it is a very good centerpiece for a Halloween game night or anything else like Betrayal or any of these other big box games. I think it, it is a good one. And I, I do still enjoy it. It's just perhaps a little bit long when with experienced players that know how to u- use the abilities to their fullest. Which yes, it, it, perhaps this year we will break it. We'll get get you around for Halloween and help and break it out and you can try it properly. I'm down for that. That sounds good. Well, uh, thank you for the suggestion there, George. I think that pretty much covers it. Unless you've got anything else you want to chuck out about the game. No, I think we co- covered it all. I say it's. I think the artwork on it is really pretty. It works really nicely, and I do do love it. And I think I say we've reviewed both the input, the dead tree and digital formats uh, from well, and the digital format with their Steam version from Nomad Games. So do check them out on the website. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, uh, I'd like to thank my uh, friends and co-hosts for uh, joining us on this little show about board games. And I'd like to thank all of you at home or walking the dog, doing the dishes, whatever you're doing for listening. Uh, and I'm going to leave George with the plugs because he knows them the best. Go for yes. George. So until, ne- until next time, do go check out our website, www.dialg.co.uk or diaryoflinkandgeek.com to find everything Diary of Lincoln Geek. And especially make sure you get involved on our Discord so- server which you can find linked from the web website we talk about all our content you can get, get involved and ask your questions about things so do get involved get in touch and until next time get your geek on thanks everyone for listening and everyone keep playing games speak soon bye, bye. bye.